Sheldon, you know, I was just waking up in the morning. Gotta thank God. I don't know about today. It seems kind of odd. How can we not love an episode of the challenge that starts with Ice Cube? Already my song of the episode. I don't need to hear any other songs, Sheldon. It's all downhill <laughs> well, from here. You just mentioned it on our last episode about why you think people really enjoy the show. The and music. I mean, when you just keep starting episodes with bangers, it's just proving your point, man. It's just proving your point. I'm John Chidley Hill. And I am Sheldon Alexander. And you know what? Today was a good day. It was a good day. Uh, this is You Killed It, the podcast about missing much music. Shout out <laughs> to Rick the Temp. So, your boy. Just going to let that one go. Just your boy, go. Derek K. I guess we could just call him Derek because he is solo dolo Derek now. Is excited mm -hmm. that two of his friends in Kahada and Jody have life shields. Yep. And there is an alliance, a strong alliance of MJ, yes. Darrell, Kahada, Derek, and Brad forming. There's clear lines, and MJ is making it explicit. Yeah. But he's making it explicit loud enough that Nehemiah, who's standing just outside the room, can hear. I don't think Nehemiah needed to be told. It was good to have your suspicions confirmed. Yes, correct. It was a confession. It was that old Chris Rock bit, and I know I keep bringing up Chris Rock, but it's like, your woman knows that you're cheating, but she wants a confession. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be okay if you just tell me. It'll be okay if you just tell me. <laughs> <laughs> straight lies but so, the point remains nehemiah runs back to his crew which is latarian and steve and then tech comes around a bit, a bit later but basically their crew again comes down to who's in their room which i keep finding to be a strange way to form your alliance just solely based on who's in your room but nehemiah latarian steve tech and melinda who I didn't realize was in their room as well, but that's their squad. Whose alliance would you rather join as currently put together? The I Nehemiah, Latarian, Steve, Tech, and Melinda, or the MJ, Darrell, Kohada, Derek, and Brad? The latter. The MJ, Darrell, Kohada, oh. Derek, and Brad. And I'm going to be real. Okay. I think I like the people in Nehemiah's alliance better. Like, I think I would hang Correct. out with them better. However... Yep. I don't think Nehemiah understands how this game works. Like, <laughs> Nehemiah keeps saying things where I'm like, yeah. I don't think, like, there's, after we've seen the breakdown of these two alliances, Nehemiah has sort of a confrontation with Derek when they're playing pool, where he's mm -hmm. basically like, I don't get it, man. You're supposed to be like Diesel Derek. You're supposed, like, I want to see you get into the elimination because like you know that's that's who i grew up watching which is bonkers insulting because they're about the same age it just yeah. like no <laughs> nehemiah that's not this and i said this on the last episode of you killed it this is not how the challenge works i do not like derek you know this yeah, our yeah, listeners yeah. know this but derek's right the name of the game is don't go into the elimination if you don't have to and like nehemiah this Correct. like honor prove your worth nah you don't get marks for like 
scale of competition in life. Like you're just trying yeah, you're just trying to get by. <laughs> like what are you doing, Nehemiah? Yeah, I still want to know, and I'm with Darrell, right? I want to know what the real deal is with Derek and Nehemiah, like what the issue is. And if we're just, I know I make too many sports references on this pod, but there's a the old joke about whenever you hear like two teammates in whatever sport not getting along, chances are it's about money or women. <laughs> so I wonder what the issue really is between Derek and Nehemiah, because it seems strange. And I wonder, because there's something there. I think, I think they should just kiss. I think that might be it. <laughs> sure. Why not? Why Actually, not? The but would they be able to do it from heights? <laughs> That's a good question. But before we get to the daily, I do want to say, again, you seem to be enjoying the season. I'm less sold, which is different from last season where I was really into All Stars at first. I like this episode. Did you did you not like this episode? I liked this episode, but I don't like this okay. season. And one of the things I have to point okay. is, no one's hooking up. Oh, last that's true. season, everybody was hooking up, and it was great. Showing people in their thirties and forties can still get it. No one's getting it in this house, Sheldon, and that's a disappointment to me. I got you. I got you. I mean, hey. At the end of the day, right? I think that it's been an interesting season, but you're right. That element is not there at all. Who knows if that'll change, but I feel like most of the people are married, but whatever. I enjoyed this episode, but again, I enjoyed it because it's a trivia challenge. And I think like upping the stakes of being that high and you're falling 10 stories, like that looked super scary to me. I don't know how I would react to that at all to be honest yeah at first i was like ah it's not so bad but i was like you know what no like i get freaked out on roller coasters like i wouldn't i wouldn't like it and i did like the yeah. tj like did, checked in on Darrell, katie and casey who are all known for hating mm-hmm. heights mm-hmm. and uh katie starts to freak out after getting on the right ledge and begs to get off and I felt bad for her. First of all, that like TJ tried to like keep her out there for a minute, and she was like, "No, like I don't care. Like put me into elimination. Like it's not yeah. worth this panic attack." And <laughs> I'm not prone to panic attacks, but I can sympathize with her being like, "Yeah, you know what? If you're like in such a state, like what are we even doing here? Right? Like it's better yeah, than yeah. like she was so freaked out that if she stayed up there." she would have immediately gotten something wrong and she would have fallen and like she doesn't want to fall and i can respect yeah like (laughs) i don't i don't want to make light of this but like she's of an age as are we that she could have a heart attack if she's sufficiently freaked out so like let's not test that Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know Um, yeah to me at a certain point it's kind of like okay well why are you coming on the show yeah because you know that it ends up at the same spot and you're yeah. not going to make it past that point. So unless you get over that fear before coming on the next season, I mean, maybe she's just happy getting the appearance fees or however many episodes she does last. Free but trip to Mexico. at some point, like, sure, right? But at least last season, there was a storyline of her and Trishel. So at least that provided some like comic relief or some entertainment or some content for an episode. This season is just like, 
okay, what are, what are we even doing here? I agree. Um, but we got to give a shout out to Casey, who went yes. up there, no problem. And, I mean, we'll, we're going to talk about how great she did. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, she didn't seem to show much fear. And as always, no. I can't say that I love the trivia as much as uh, TJ does. But this was super okay. entertaining. This was entertaining. And it was funny because, you know, obviously there are some things like they're asking, like, name SEC teams. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. But I, I found it funny because I was like, Kendall's first pick was BYU. It just seemed super random. Like, of all the teams, like, if I would – Cause I was thinking like, if you just said like Michigan, it's wrong, but at least it's like Michigan's a pretty like prominent team. Like, you know, you said Notre Dame, it's wrong, but at least it's a pretty like prominent. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) But the fact that she went to BYU, I was kind of like, Oh, okay. Like I get Alabama, unless you know, you know, like whatever. But I was just saying like your first guess to be BYU. Like, are you from the area? Like, is that it? Like, that was just random to me but what other ones stood out to you um i always like i always enjoy the um when they ask challenge based trivia because like you think Uh, okay that would be in everyone's wheelhouse right and like some of the people their answer was themselves and derek said it just like a jerk because well what else would you expect Derek is the worst. But you know what's funny? You know what would have been the best though? Because Derek was like, "You're looking at him, Tej." It would have been funny if TJ was like, "Sorry, that is an incorrect a- answer. There's never been anyone on the challenge named You're looking at him." Incorrect <laughs> answer, Derek. You know, did the whole Jeopardy thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> like that would have been amazing. And then he drops off. I would have done that if I was the producers. I would have done that just for the joke. Because it's not like it would have mattered. He wasn't the first one down, right? No. What's funny is that um, at one point, Jody has like also uses herself as an answer. Mm-hmm. But the way she said it, she did not come off bad, right? Like yeah. it was basically the same question. And she didn't brag. Mm-hmm. It was just Jody, me. Like she wasn't, yeah. it was a, you're looking yeah. at him. T-. It was just a, like me. I did that, (laughs) which like true facts. Um, So I like that. I enjoyed uh, MJ confusing New Orleans with a state. Mm -hmm. I also, this is, I don't know if you're going to share this opinion. Something that I always find weird about comparing Canada and the United States is that our population is so concentrated in cities. I mean, our population is specifically concentrated one city but yeah um i'm always surprised at how small american cities are so like the question Mm -hmm. of like there's only i forget what the number was like 20 american cities with more than a million people and like atlanta was not one of them i would for sure thought atlanta had more than a million people i part of it is that in the states more than here in canada they have like huge suburban or like bedroom communities. So like Atlanta proper is less than a million, but like the greater Atlanta area is like 5 million or whatever. 
Yeah. And like, I'm not familiar with like those intricacies, right? Just like actual Los Angeles is small, but like the Los Angeles Mm -hmm. area is huge sort of thing. Yeah. But like, I'm always weirded out when like, it turns out that Boston has like, I think it's like 600,000 people. Like that's so small to me, but like Boston is Boston, you know, like it's, yeah. But that that's that's so a John strange. thing. I don't know if you have that experience as well. No, no, no. I've I've found it very strange too in the way that we think about it. And like again, we're in Toronto and you kind of mistaken the fact that, you know, in terms of cities and population, you don't think of Toronto off the top of your head as being, you know, bigger than most American cities, right? So <laughs> it's very funny. It's very funny in that sense. Um, I did laugh at the the way that they cut it, the 20 biggest restaurant chains and Denny's. Like, I know that wasn't the first answer, but they cut it that way. Yeah. It was just like, wait, what? <laughs> like, there's no way that was the first guess. Like, you know that. But also, I bet you they didn't want to say McDonald's or say whatever other sponsorship because that would cost money. And they do stuff with Burger King. Yeah. Right. We've seen that on the challenge in the past. So it kind of made sense why they would cut it that way. Someone's like, no, 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 we can't say that because we've done deals with Burger King before. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, there was your girl, Tina. I don't remember which one it was that she fell off on, but she falls and she just screamed, look at my camel toe. <laughs> and and I wrote down, I'm like, is she a real person? <laughs> like, is she is she just doing the gimmick? Is she doing the bit? Like, what's what's I- going on? I was thinking on this episode that spending time with Tina in real life must be a trip. Cause she <laughs> seems to just like put her stream of consciousness out there in the world. Like she just seems to think, say whatever is on her mind. And like, on the, sometimes I think it'd be very annoying. I think other times it'd be really funny. So I, I appreciated that. I also appreciated Casey oh, wins. Yeah. Despite yeah. never winning, this is the first time she's ever won an individual challenge. And despite her immense fear of heights, she did it. She won. And then Steve also won. So a big day for the underdogs. It was a good day for the underdogs. So my question for you, though, that final came down to uh, John A. and Casey going back and forth on Harry Potter. Are you a Harry Potter person? Unbelievably, no. I'm actually quite surprised at that. I know. I don't. So <laughs> I don't dislike Harry Potter. I'm not going to hate on Harry okay. Potter, but I have not read any of the books. Okay. And like okay. my reasoning was always that I wanted to read the books with my theoretical children. To the best of my knowledge, ah. I have no kids. So I haven't read Harry Potter yet. I've seen like a couple of the movies and I'm certainly like familiar I have a fun yeah. fact for you, though, about your boy, John Chitley Hill. Okay. I once was dumped by a woman, an adult woman. <laughs> and she specifically, in her like little breakup monologue, cited the fact that I had said that if I was in a house at Hogwarts, I'd be in Slytherin. And she like said she could not date someone who would self-identify as being in Slytherin. I am so serious right now, Sheldon. I know you're, you're not even speaking English. I don't even know what you just said. There, there are people right now listening to this podcast, both laughing and outraged of what I just <laughs> said. 
So just like shorthand, uh, Slytherin is like the bad guy like group in Hogwarts. Okay. Okay. And they're not necessarily bad. It's just mm-hmm. that they like specialize in like cunning and being like okay. duplicitous, but like they could still be good. They're just like more apt to think outside the box to get things done. They have a ruthlessness. And, and she didn't like that about you. No. She was not about that. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's so much I can say right now, but I'm just going to let that go, man. Just going to let that go. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. Please, people, let us know what you think about this whole thing. And yeah. would you break up with a person for being a what? Slytherin. Slytherin. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I know. Um, and to so think yeah. I'm not even a Harry uh, Potter guy. <laughs> So you're going to ask about John A. and Casey. Going back and forth with the Harry Potter books. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, uh, both Brad and Casey, straight to the elimination. Um, Brad and Katie. I thought that was pretty funny. Katie, sorry. Casey won. My bad. Yeah. Uh, but for the guys, for the guys, though, some of the questions, you know, that I thought were funny, the Tom Cruise movies, I thought that was pretty easy. Uh, I'm going to make the joke here about the sexiest man alive. And and Darrell said Boris Kojo. <laughs> and Boris Kojo is a very, very, very good looking man. But he's not the sexiest man alive because, you know, it's done by People magazine and Boris Kojo's black. Um, Wait, <laughs> Boris Kojo is a real person? Yeah. Boris Kojo is like, Boris Kojo, listen, I am a straight male. I love women, but I am firmly able to admit that Boris Kojo is a extremely attractive man. Like extremely attractive man. I'm sure people listening to this pod will be able to write in and tell you who Boris Kojo is and how attractive Boris Kojo. I mean, I'm pretty sure... I'm trying to think what Boris Kojo off the top of my head has been in. That Station you know, 19 would be the doing her time. <laughs> okay. oh, I guess he is. On... He is on that spinoff of Grey's Anatomy right now. Yes, 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 yes. He is on that that spinoff of Grey's Anatomy right now. Real husbands. Um, of... You know, I'm just going to put this out here. I think Darrell picks Boris Kojo because they look alike. Whoa. Okay. I see what you did there. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. See, it's funny though, because I would say that Boris Kojo, like I'm not saying Darrell is unattractive, but I'm saying that like Boris Kojo, I was like, but maybe that's just the role that Boris Kojo has always played in movies or like wherever I've seen him, like he's playing that dude. Whereas like Darrell is Darrell. Yeah. Does that make sense? I don't know. It's interesting though. Interesting. I I hate to tell you this. I don't think Boris Kojo. And also, sorry, I feel like I should. I should also clarify, like, I'm making fun of People Magazine and, like, the fact that it probably took them until Idris Alba, probably, in, like, however long ago. Let's go through the list. Let's do this right now. Do we have time to do this right now? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm, like, calling them out and then I'm realizing, well, I mean, maybe at some point they must have made Denzel Washington the sexiest man alive, right? Or uh, Will Smith might have uh, entered the conversation. True. I mean, I'm just looking this up right now, but I'm thinking like, you know, who would have been like, obviously we're into the wave now where like Michael B. Jordan 
got a oh, look. Yeah. You could see that. But like Michael, how could you have Michael B. Jordan and then Paul Rudd? Like to me, those are different weight classes, right? I'm going to need other people to step in and give us their opinion. But I mean, the 2021 Sexiest Man Alive was Paul Rudd. That doesn't, I mean, I mean sure. Here's the thing. I'm sure I that think, someone's type. I think Paul Rudd is handsome and approachable, but I'm not sure that he oozes sex. Right. Oh, here we are. Year by year. Yeah. Is this what we want too. here? So 19, we're going to go through this. I'm, I'm going to speed through this. Okay. I'm going to speed through this. So the first ever one in 1985, Mel Gibson. <laughs> 1986, Mark Harmon. 1987, Harry Hamlin. 1988, John F. Kennedy Jr. 1989, Sean Connery. 1990, Tom Cruise. 91, Patrick Swayze. Uh, 92, Nick Nolte, uh, 93, Richard Gere and Cindy Crawford. This is the first year people broke from the tradition. Instead of naming sexiest man, they declared Gere and Crawford the sexiest couple. I'm guessing that's Pretty Woman, right? 1993. Um, 94, Keanu Reeves. But technically, Reeves was never named People's Sexiest Man Alive. The magazine took a break in 94 and didn't name anyone. Reeves was named Sexiest Man Alive in 1994, retroactively in 2015. <laughs> what? The rising star had started speed. And so it makes sense that that would have been the year. Uh, you can tell me to stop at any point, by the way. 1995, Brad Pitt. 1996, Denzel Washington. One Den of Washington was the first people of color. So, and 96 was the first year black man was named to be the sexiest man alive. 97, George Clooney. 1998, Harrison Ford. Richard Gere, 1999. Uh, Brad Pitt, again in 2000. Pierce Brosnan, 2001. Ben Affleck, 2002. Johnny Depp, 2003. Jude Law, 2004. Matthew McConaughey, 2005. George Clooney, 2006 making him the second man to get the Sexiest Man Alive twice. Gear doesn't technically count as the first award was for Sexiest Couple. Technicalities here. Uh, Matt Damon, 2007. Hugh Jackman, 2008. Johnny Depp, 2009. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, 2010. Canadian content. Bradley Cooper, 2011. Channing Tatum, 2012. Adam Levine, 2013. Chris Hemsworth. 2014, David Beckham, 2015. What was David Beckham doing in 2015? Was he still playing soccer or is he just full on motto Becks at that time? I guess. Uh, the Rock, 2016, a full 21 years after people began the sexiest man alive tradition, Johnson became only the second man of color, color to win the award. <laughs> wow. Uh, Blake Shelton, 2017, Idris Alba. 2018, John Legend, 29. I noticed a trend here. So from 2018, all of a sudden, Idris Alba, 2019, John Legend, 2020, Michael B. Jordan. They're like, oh no, we don't like that rock stat. And then we went put to Blake Shelton. So then after that, we got to go Idris, John Legend, Michael B. Jordan, and now Paul Rudd. There's some people who enjoyed that. And there's other people that are probably like, what are you guys even talking about right now? I mean, I let you roll because it just proves my point that this season's not that interesting. <laughs> hey, but hey, we're making the pods interesting. I think the people might oh, agree yeah. with, with that. We're killing it. We should change this podcast <laughs> name to We're Killing It. Okay. Um, okay. So Lutarian thought a zebra was a fast animal. I thought that was <laughs> hilarious. But anyways, <laughs> go on. 
We, uh, so like we said, uh, Steve and Casey win. And they come up with an excellent plan because they're, they're not in the same alliance, but their targets sort of align. They're adjacent. They're adjacent. They're adjacent. So Steve has a brilliant idea. He suggests to Jody, or sorry, Jody, excuse me. He suggests to Casey that they put up Jody and Kahuta to force them to use their life shields, allowing them to put up Derek because they both want Derek gone. And let me tell you, Steve and Casey, you are doing God's work. So Agreed. Uh, once that is handled, where they differ is Steve is buds with Katie. And Katie yeah. said, I do not want to go against Kendall. Put me against someone you think I can beat. Yeah. Casey basically puts Steve in a jam and says, okay, what's more important to you? To get rid of Derek or to protect Katie? Because if we're not putting in Kendall, I want to put in Ayana. Which, in fairness to Casey, if you're Casey, you want Kendall or Ayana to have to go in. Because they're probably, well, along with Jody, who you can't get rid of because she has a life shield. They're your targets. Like, Casey's making yeah. moves for herself, and I respect it. And basically what she does is she encourages Steve to make moves for Steve rather than moves for Katie. I'm going to use this opportunity to applaud the women on this season because this is a second straight episode in which the women have come in and steamrolled the dude in, in this uh, deliberation. Right. We saw it last episode mm -hmm. in which Tina just steamrolled Darrell and got her way and Darrell ended up putting in his whole room. And now in this instance, Casey essentially gets Steve to do the opposite of what Steve's friend wanted him to do. But I also think Casey's being fair because basically Casey is saying like, okay, we just improved your game to take out Derek. Something I'm going to catch heat for. You got to do something uh, to improve no, but she my didn't game. Like, but she also doesn't like Derek. She said no, she know. also doesn't like Derek. And she makes that abundantly clear in deliberations. I'm just saying that like, <laughs> you, as Steve, you can't go in and be like, I'm going to get everything I want here. And part of the problem with what Steve did was Steve came in with a great plan when he said, let's nominate Jody and Kahuta. So they both have to use their life shields, but also mm -hmm. he didn't have a step two. like that was a, a great play, but he yeah. did not come up with an alternative to give Casey, right? Like exactly. you, Steve should have said, okay, I don't want Kendall to go in and I don't want Ayana who would Casey want to see go in that is not Jody, uh, Ayana, but who, or Kendall? Who are the actual options? Do you know what I mean? Like, who is yeah. it that Katie could be? I mean, and that is a problem. And, like, yeah. I understand why Katie's salty, but also she did disqualify herself. Like, yeah. she should be a little mad at herself. Uh, well, other... you disqualified yourself. You don't get to make choice. Like you disqualified yourself and sent yourself right into the elimination. You did that. You did that not knowing who was going to win the challenge. That meaning who would have the ability 
to put you in against whoever, right? Like it's it's one thing if she knew, okay, well, I'm going to send myself right into the elimination because I know I'm good friends with John and John won. You had no idea who was going to win. It could have been your arch enemy that ends up winning. And then what? So dumb gameplay on Katie. She has a right to be mad, but she needs to be mad at herself more than she's mad at Steve. Yeah. You know who they should have called in? I mean, I don't, this is, and this is something I noted in, uh, when I was watching that I find tough with All-Stars is that mm-hmm. when we watch a season of the regular challenge, I more or less, and you, everyone knows more or less who the alliances are. Like we, we mm-hmm. understand the breakdowns, but I don't, I don't have the lay of the land in this house. You know, yeah. So it's say, like, why didn't they put in Jasmine or John A? Because we know yeah. John A is sort of working with Durrell and it's sort of like sort of in that alliance. But like, I don't know, sure. like, does Casey know ride with John A? Like, ugh, I don't know. Yeah, um, no, I know exactly what you're saying. So deliberations, my Incredible. line of the episode Great, great scene in deliberations. Ayana takes off her dress to show that she was already wearing her competition gear, essentially throwing <laughs> herself in. Yeah. And then Derek is in full on Napoleon mode, super mad. His yeah. feelings are super hurt. And he says, uh, You burned my life shields, which was a dirty move. First of all, it's not dirty. Second of all, as Casey says, were they your life shields or were they Jody and Kahada's? Which just huge bench Boom. reacts from everyone. Everyone is like bench reacts, sound the reggae horns. Bah, 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 bah. I like how MJ yeah. said suddenly Casey's queen of the south. Like and like she wasn't like it's not like Ayana who won and like suddenly it went to her head. It seemed like Casey's just spitting facts. It's not a dirty move. It's smart gameplay. They were not Derek yep. Shields. They were Jody and Kahadas. Right? Like, it's just... And, like, I gotta say... We sort of skipped over this. I gotta give Jody and Kahada credit. They saw that they were nominated, and they both were like, Oh, we see what well you played. did. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> like... Yeah. It's super smart. No, it's so true. Um, I thought that it was so good because again, Derek is doing too much as Derek always does too much. Right. But I thought the biggest issue for him is that you just got outplayed. And at the end of the day, he should have just quoted the wise words from the wire. The game is a game. Cause he got got. Yeah. Right. Like he just, you, you got outplayed. You didn't know enough of the game. And this is where this also differentiates from the regular challenge. Cause I think on the regular challenge, the contestants do a good job of figuring out all the twists and turns and how to mm-hmm. maneuver. Whereas we said it on the last episode, we're like, Oh, well, obviously you just force out the people to use their, their life shields and then you can do whatever you want. Now it's not even really a thing. And now and here we are. We also, you and I, as it's been pointed out, this is our 14th season recapping the challenge and the can't miss move is put two people who you know are friends or are in an alliance put them against each other 
do that till they're gone because you're you're having their votes you like it's a win-win just keep putting like sometimes people think overthink it and do a oh we're putting up a pawn sort of thing no pawns just put up yeah. alliance members against each other till they're all gone that's how you do it yeah this is just like a Agreed. nice clean straightforward game not nice or clean is Nehemiah having John A create a fake beard for him so so that he looks more like Brad because he's rooting for bad. He starts bugging his eyes out like Brad, which is hilarious. All, How would you rate his Brad impression? Pretty good. Pretty good. I'd give it an eight. How about Same. you? Same. I agree with that. I agree with that. A solid eight. Solid eight. Um, and then... This is all to Tarzan Boy by Baltimora, which <laughs> has to be the oldest song we've heard so far, because that's like firmly 80s. Hmm. Sure. Okay. I have a fun fact for you. I'm going to say a sentence that's going to blow your mind. Luke Perry's son, Jack Perry, is a professional okay. wrestler on AEW. He goes by Jungle Boy. And this okay. song, Tarzan Boy by Baltimora, is his theme song. Wow. Yeah, I told you. That was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah, that was a lot. And his tag team partner is a walking dinosaur called Luchasaurus. And you know who plays him? You know who Luchasaurus is? Austin from Big Brother. What? That's pretty funny. Yeah. That's actually pretty funny. Okay. You learn something every day. Spread it all back together. Learn something every day. Shouts to Luke Perry, by the way. Yeah. Shouts to Dylan McKay. <laughs> so the elimination is weight. There's more, where they have to put a thousand pounds of weights on their ramp to bring a puzzle up, sort of out of a slot, and then they solve the puzzle. Whoever does it first wins. Yep. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. Ayana, I don't want to say dummies, Katie, but definitely there no, was some sure. kind edits to Katie. Yeah. Katie, good job. Good effort. See you next year. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I'll say this much. I'll say this much. Brooke Davis would never. (laughs) Someone watching gets that reference. Other people don't. It's okay. We'll just move on. Derek has such a Napoleon complex. It's hilarious. All hyping Mm -hmm. himself up saying like, I'm going to win and I'm going to come. I'm going to get everyone who put me in this position. Like, man, who is he, Camilla, being this upset that he got nominated? Like, get over it, bro. Uh, Putting me in the weird position that I was cheering hard for Brad. Yeah. I actually wrote down, I'm like, can they both lose? (laughs) (laughs) And, like, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I do not like Brad, but I like Brad infinitely more than I like Derek. Like, it is. It's just... Light years different. Nope. Agreed. Um, Agreed. But thank God, your man's Brad wins, stroking that beard. And truly, I say this from the bottom of my heart, this show will be better without Derek. <laughs> he's just doing too much, right? He's not as good as he thinks he is. He he thinks that he's the the boss of the show, and clearly he's not. Because he was outsmarted that early on, doing too much too early. 
right? It caught him. It caught him. Hand model. It's a great line of the episode. Uh, an under an undervalued song right at the end because I don't think that Katie and Derek deserved this, but Boys to Men yesterday, that's a big, big, big song. That like hits me in the feels, you know, like. Oof. So we've heard our lines of the episode, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've heard our songs of the episode. Yep. Ice Cube. I have to ask you, Sheldon, who killed it for you this week? It's easy. It's Casey. Casey, you know, first off, to the clip they showed of her being terrified of of heights where TJ just based, well, first off, the, the snapshot of the 90s, because that's what it looked like considering TJ's outfit, right? The baggy skater boy clothes, incredible flashback. But her just freaking out about the heights and like TJ snapping back at her like, okay, then cool. That was a blast from the past to see to overcome that and win more power to you to then steamroll your way. As as I say in the deliberation to get your way over Steve's way. Cool. Perfect. Great job to dummy Derek in the deliberation. Amazing. Great job. Just an all around Great performance by Casey. Casey, you killed it. I mean, it's unanimous. Casey absolutely crushed it this episode. And you know what the best mm-hmm. part is? Because like I agree with everything you said, but I have to add one more. She's not going to take any of the heat for this. Ooh. Right? Yeah. Nehemiah yeah, yeah, yeah. and Steve are the ones that are going to take the fall. Because Nehemiah yeah. can't keep his mouth shut. And Steve's already on the outside looking in. Casey just has to do, and you and I talk about this like every season, all the time. All Casey has to do is keep her mouth shut for a day or two. Lay low. She just has to lay low until the next daily elimination. And then she's fine. And no one's no one's gonna take it out on her. That all she all she has to do, and like people are gonna think I'm kidding, all she has to do is like Make a big breakfast for everyone, clean the dishes, <laughs> and like yeah. stay away from the alcohol for like two days. She she's in the clear. I think that she should completely flip that narrative and make all the guys make her breakfast and get the dishes because she's the queen. Great job, Casey. I don't know about all that, but <laughs> where can the good people find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander, on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And of course, I can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, especially subscribe on the YouTube page. I think it's under my name, Sheldon Alexander. But uh, yeah, you can watch the videos, you know, have us playing in the background while you get your stuff done, you know, lots going on. We appreciate you all for watching, listening, sharing the love, sending in your comments and questions. We appreciate it. We do. John's TikTok. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Hill. And as Sheldon just alluded to, I now have TikTok. I've only posted one video, but there's going to be a lot more content coming as I'm in China. And you can find that at Jesus Chuddlesworth. Until next week, this was You Killed It. You Killed It.